0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome into Lakers Nation Live. I am Trevor Lane, and oh my, second night of a back-to-back, no LeBron James and the Lakers go into Utah and blow out the Utah Jazz. Happy Valentine's Day, Utah Lakers. Showing some love tonight. They absolutely crushed the Jazz in this one, especially late in the game when it was winning time. The Lakers pulled away, did what they needed to do to get the win. Final score, 138. What an offensive outburst from the Lakers to 122 for Utah. 57% from the field for LA. 46% from three. 83% At the free throw line, eight turnovers on the night. How's that for offensive efficiency? Anthony Davis goes berserk, 37 points, 15 boards, doing everything the Lakers needed, 13 to 24 shooting. Rui Hachimura had a career high. Looking here, the stats on ESPN are a little bit off, it looks like still, but he wound up with, I believe, 36 points was his actual total. D'Angelo Russell had a big night as well, had a career high in assists, finished with 17 there. Austin Reeves chipped in with a great night as well. Super efficient game from Reeves and the Lakers. They are rolling. My goodness. The Los Angeles Lakers, again, second night of a back-to-back. They were the underdog coming into this game. And now you look at the record, the Lakers, that's three wins in a row. That's six wins in their last seven games. The Lakers hitting the All-Star break the right way. Back-to-back wins, and now they get a week to bring things together. LeBron and AD will head to the All-Star game, but the team will get a week off to rest, recover. Cam Reddish, Max Christie, guys who could be back as soon as play resumes coming up on Thursday the 22nd. Welcome in, everybody who's joining. Uh, Coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from X. Happy Valentine's Day. Hopefully you guys Are having a great one, the Lakers sure gave us a great Valentine's Day gift here with this incredible offensive performance, a game that was a lot of fun. Let me start getting into some of your questions and comments here. We've got a lot to talk about from this game. I mean, my goodness, Rui Hachimura had a night. Anthony Davis had a night. D'Lo had a night. Austin had a night. That was a fun performance. Uh, 96 MJ or Valentine's Day Rui. Which one are you taking? Man, <laughs> I'm, Rui was incredible tonight. Incre- I mean, he was, look, coming into this game, we said, hey, no LeBron. Rui's going to have to step up. You're going to have a, have Austin's got to have a good scoring game. D'Lo's going to have to have a good night. All those things happen. But wow, Rui Hachimura, a career high in points. And you saw what happened. And I'm curious if anybody talks about this after the game. Because Early on, the Jazz made the decision, we're going to make Rui a shooter. Out of the Lakers starting five, it's Reeves, it's D'Lo, it's Torian, AD. We're going to leave Rui. We're going to leave him. Remember the last time somebody did that? It was the Memphis Grizzlies in round one of the playoffs, and Rui went off. He said, you're going to leave me? I'm going to make you pay for it. He did that again tonight to the Jazz. They came out giving him open looks saying, go ahead, prove that you can knock down shots. And boy, did he. He was making physical plays at the rim. He was hitting his jumpers, doing everything that you could have hoped from Rui Hachimura on the offensive end of the floor to help make up for the absence of LeBron James. What a fantastic, fantastic game from Rui Hachimura. love seeing that from him. Andrew said, what a performance by AD and Rui. Yes, sir. Can we talk about how good Dinwiddie's fit has been so far? So nice having another ball handler and rim pressure. Uh, uh, What a way to go into the all-star break. Yeah, so Spencer Dinwiddie in this one, and again, right now the stats on ESPN are a little bit behind, and they were off on NBA.com as well. Um, So, keep in mind, this may shift a little bit as I'm saying these things. They're mostly accurate, but this may shift a, a little bit here. But Right now, they've got Dinwiddie at ten points and four assists, and you, and you think about that, you go, oh, okay, well, so it was an all right outing. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty solid though. Four for six shooting from three, two of four from uh, four of six from the field, two of four from three, four assists, two steals, just one turnover, and his ability to get into the paint and make things happen was a benefit for this Lakers team. We saw a number of times where he was throwing the lob. He threw the lob to AD, had a lob to Jackson Hayes, that Hayes kind of bobbled, and then eventually he caught him, put it back up and in. Um, Just having another guy that can handle the basketball out there on the floor, that can defend a couple of different guard positions, that's been a benefit for the Lakers. Now, will he improve going forward? Maybe. We'll see. I thought last game, eh, It was a little bit shaky, but you still saw some flashes tonight. He looked more comfortable out there, and that's something you would expect to see continue as he becomes more and more accustomed to being a Los Angeles Laker. But this was a solid performance from Spencer Dinwiddie, who got in there, didn't try to do too much, and just did the things the team needed him to do. Knock in some threes every now and then, pass the ball, handle the ball, initiate the offense. Nice job. So it's all you can ask for from a buyout market guy. He's come in play a specific role, and play that role well. And that's exactly, exactly what Spencer Dinwiddie did tonight. Again, the Lakers didn't move, make a move at the trade deadline, weren't able to find the right value out there. You got Dinwiddie essentially for free, the opportunity cost of the roster spot, sure. But on the contract that he's on, if you get a guy that can play 28 minutes in a game like this when you're down players, when there's no Le- no LeBron, no Cam Reddish, no Jared Vanderbilt, No Gabe Vincent, no Max Christie. I mean, my goodness, the Lakers injury report. You didn't even, JHS wasn't there. Max Lewis wasn't there. It was a mile long. The injury report was to have a guy who can step into that situation who had just joined the team like two days ago and play 28 minutes. You'll take that. Absolutely. Koa said, AD is clearly the superstar of the night, but I'm giving it to Rui because he had a career night. So did D'Lo, by the way. Master and Prince for always losing attention on defense. Okay, so let's get into that. Let's get to that chat. Let's let's start with the superstar of the night, and let me know what what do you guys think. Who should get superstar of the night? Here we go.
2: Superstar of the night.
1: Folks, there's almost 5,000 of you in here right now, so please make sure that you do hit that like button. Let's get this out to as many people as we can. All right, chat. Superstar of the night. I've got Rui. A lot of people saying Rui. People saying AD. The Plop, who I had a good time talking to earlier today on our members-only uh, live stream, uh said AD. We've got Rui. Rui. It's going back and forth between Rui and AD. Oh, somebody said Spencer Dinwiddie. Come on. Spencer Dinwiddie was good, but AD, Rui. You know what? Look, Rui was great. There's no question. There's no question. Personally, I'm going to go AD. If you want to tell me it's Rui and you want to tell me it's Rui in part because he never gets to win this award, I'm with you. I'm with you. Rui was fantastic, but the big shots, the big shots LA needed down the stretch, when they needed a big play, it seemed like it was always Anthony Davis making that play down the home stretch. So that's going to tip things for me in favor of Anthony Davis. But yes, this was an incredible. Incredible performance from Rui Hachimura. I loved what we saw from him. He's been more aggressive. He talked last night after the win against the Pistons, he talked about the chemistry the team's feeling, how much things are improving as a group, how he feels like he's getting into more of a rhythm, and boy, did we see it. Boy, did we see it in this game. This team looks like on the offensive end, they've started to figure some things out, and they figured out, how to score the ball, even if LeBron James is not there. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to shoot this well every single night. They're certainly not. But I liked the way this team just kept coming. The Jazz made their runs, but the Lakers just kept coming. There was a lot to be desired on the defensive end of the floor if we're being real here. There's a lot that the Lakers did defensively that was not good. But again, they're missing, all aside from AD, all of their top defensive players were out for this game. So, good to see. Good to see this from the Lakers. Um, And then Koa, as far as master locking Torian Prince, you know, uh, Torian getting lost defensively, like he's getting matched up with Lowry Markkinen. That's a tough matchup for him. Uh, Were there moments where he got lost? And he said, okay, he should have done a a little bit more. Sure. But I also think it was like, if guys are healthy, that's not Torian in that position. That's not Torian having to guard Markkinen. And the Jazz, they were right to go right at him. They picked on him. The Lakers, essentially, with the lineup they had out there, they have three guys in their starting lineup that you can pick on with Torian, especially when Torian is matched up with Markinen and there's such a big size disadvantage. With Torian, D'Lo, Reeves, there's three guys that can be picked on defensively. And um, so while you would like to see more from Torian, I'm not going to, like, master lock him because if you told me before the game, is Markinen going to score on Torian Prince? Yes. Yeah, he's definitely going to score on him. Absolutely. of Hearts said, Rui's favorite player is Melo. He looked like him tonight. Insert the three to the head emoji if there was one. He really did. You know, his jumper is like a Kawhi-esque jumper. Rui's is. Uh, by the way, right now, the other team in L.A. not doing any favors for the Lakers. They're down three with 950 to play. We actually need the Warriors to lose this game. So it's close at least but uh, we need the other LA team to come through. Uh but this is um uh, this was a great performance from Rui Hachimura. He's got elements to his game that are reminiscent of other players for sure. But I just liked how under control he was. Like he scored as many points What was at 36 37 that he finished with and it was all under control. It was all within rhythm. Nothing felt forced. And the times when he did get aggressive and go into attack mode, it was in the right moments. It was in moments where the Lakers, that was exactly what they needed for him. It wasn't like he was out there gunning. Everything was within the flow of the offense. And that's exactly, exactly what you want to see. Mission 86 said, that's what we do. Now rest and get ready for an and run. Um, Star in your role is Allie. Definitely. Oh, over on the, the broadcast. Yeah, she did, she did a great job from what I heard. We were doing our stuff on, on Playback, but I can hear a little bit of it as it's going. And of course, Master Lock, Danny Ainge, because he exists always. So this is kind of funny that you bring that up. I was, uh, earlier today, I was looking over on uh, Real GM. There was a, a thread that uh, that was talking about each franchise's most hated former players. So guys that left the team and that they, they hate for whatever, either while they were with the team or, or afterwards. Um and Suns fans were chiming in saying Robert Ori. And I was like, Robert Ori, man, they really hate Robert Ori that much. Um, they were replaying the gif of Ori throwing the towel in Danny Ainge's face. And I went, see, even back then, he was a Laker at heart. He was a Laker at heart. Hello World said, I stand by what I said about Rui. When they actually use him as a scoring option, he delivered, delivers. He's usually been insanely efficient. He can have an off night now and then, but everybody can. But, I mean, Rui tonight, his efficiency was unreal. I mean, in a game the Lakers really needed him to step up. 12 for 18 from the field and 5 for 7 from 3. Like, that's... I mean, he got two rebounds. If we want to complain about something, he didn't get enough rebounds, I guess, but... Like, you can't... And again, ESPN stats, I think, are a little bit off. So, he's probably a little bit different than, than that, but... Bottom line, he was insanely efficient in this game. Now, you can't expect that every single night because if he did, he's like an MVP can- candidate, right? But he was great in this game. And so great to see that he did that. So great to see that he put up this night on a night when my concern is going into this game. It was mentally, dude, were the guys going to check out because it's the night before the All-Star break starts. That is a trap game. Historically, that's a trap game. You're on the road. You go to Utah. They hate the Lakers in Utah. You knew the home team was going to play with energy. And so the concern for me was the Lakers mentally were not going to be in this game, especially with LeBron being out and everything. I was so pleasantly surprised by what we saw from these guys, by the energy they played with, by the way that they helped each other, supported each other, D'Lo getting the assists, Rui hitting shots. I mean, A.D. doing the things that A.D. did. Austin Reeves making big plays. Just phenomenal. All right, let's get to this. Joseph said, when we went into free agency and re-signed Rui, this is what all Lakers fans envisioned. Yeah. Braun can sit back-to-backs and the offense can still flow. Master Ham's four-guard lineup. So, all right. In this case, we've got... Well, yes, and I need to talk about your rotation part here, but... Ham's lineup. Who did he have? I mean, look at this game. Dylan Windler got minutes. He had Anthony Davis, Torian Prince, Rui Hachimura, D'Lo, Austin, Wood, Hayes, and Dinwiddie. So you're starting five plus two bigs and a point guard. And that's it. So of the guys that he's playing, three of them are are point guards. Of the eight players that he's realistically playing, three of them are point guards with D'Lo Uh, Reeves and Dinwiddie. And they're also probably three of your better players of that, of that bunch. Right? So I I have a hard time faulting Darwin too much for lineup weirdness in a game when he was so shorthanded when it comes to players, some of it is just out of necessity. Hey, this guy's got to get a little rest. Okay. I guess we're going to try Torian at the four. Um, The jazz were kind of small at that point and they were making a run. And If I was going to criticize Darvin for anything from this game, it was the big jazz run in the second quarter when Darvin, I thought, didn't take timeouts at the appropriate uh, points in order to stop those runs or try to put a stop to those runs. But other than that, I, I give Darvin a pass for the lineups in this one because he was so short on players. He had to just kind of throw out there, which could. Yes, he did try a Torian Prince at the four lineup, which sometimes Torian plays the two. So really, that's kind of a four guard lineup. Plus, it was AD out there. Uh, which is tiny, but again, the Jazz, I kind of got it in that Utah at that point, they were getting a lot of dribble penetration on the perimeter, and I think the thought was, hey, if we go quicker, we can stop that dribble penetration from the perimeter, and we can start to turn things around. So I understand what the thinking was. It didn't really work out, but in this game, I can't complain too much, even even with Darvin. I I can't complain too much in this one. All right. Oh, and then the, the second part about this. Braun being able to sit back-to-backs and the offense still flowing. Yes! My goodness, folks. We've we've been waiting since July for this. This is what we said. When this roster was put together, we had this conversation. That the Lakers, with the depth that they've got, specifically all the wing depth they went out and got. Like, obviously, they targeted wing depth. Clearly, the goal was to take some of the, the burden off of LeBron James. I said it that going into this season, they were better prepared for LeBron to miss games than with any other Lakers team we'd seen up to that point because you had so much wing depth. You had Rui, you had Cam, you had Torian, you had uh, Vando. You've brought in all of these guys who can play on the wing. And the Lakers up to this point have really been very dependent upon LeBron. LeBron's out, everything falls apart. Same thing we've seen in other seasons. And that was certainly a disappointment. Nights like tonight show what the potential is for this team. And this was even with Cam, Vando, some of your wing depth is out. And a guy like Rui can step up. And this was part of the thought process behind signing him to the contract that you gave him. And by the way, those teams at the trade deadline that said, oh, Rui? Ah, you got to give us something if we're going to take on Rui. We don't want to take on that contract. You're going to have to pay us you know, give us some draft picks or something like that. If we're going to take on a bad contract, like Rui Hachimura, I wonder if right now those GMs are sitting around going, maybe we made a mistake. Cause he was great. This was exactly what you hope to see out of Rui Hachimura. All right, chat, let's do it. We've got a lot of options and I love nights like this. When you've got a lot of options, let's get to the star in your role. Who should get it? Star in your role. Once again everybody smash that like button if you haven't already. Uh the star in your role. Fire it off. Who do you think should get the star in your role tonight for the Lakers again? Lots and lots of options. I'm seeing a lot of Rui, seeing a lot of D'Lo. I thought Austin had a great game as well in this one. Somehow he keeps having these games where he he is quietly putting up big scoring nights. Like you don't notice that he's scoring a ton of points, but he's super efficient. And that's what we got uh, tonight from Austin. But uh, I'm seeing a lot of Rui, a lot of d Oh, somebody said JHS. Come on. <laughs> JHS was with South Bay. Tina says Rui. You know, I think I got to go on a night like tonight. I got to go Rui. And d was great. d was great. But I'm going to go with Rui Hachimura. It was a fantastic performance from him. Again, a career high in points. Yes, D'Lo had a career high in assists, but I'll I'll go Rui. This felt like a big deal for Rui Hachimura to step into the role that he did and succeed the way that he did. So I'm going to go Rui Hachimura, uh, star in your role. Got to go with that. All right, folks, uh, let's see here. The chat, we're at 675 likes. Let's see. Can we get to 1,200? Can we double that? Let's see if we can get there. Can we get the 1,200 likes on this show? That's what I want to see. I'm going to put out a little poll here. Can we get 1,200 likes? Let's see if we can get there. By the end of the night. Oh, we're at 700 now. Look at us go.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
1: All right, let's see what else we've got here. Oh, and Dark Galaxy with well, a good point here. Rui was defending well at times. Yeah, we saw moments, even though he didn't, you know, hit the boards hard. He only had a couple of rebounds. We still saw some moments where defensively Rui was doing again what the Lakers needed him to do. I think in general, the biggest thing, you know, aside from the scoring, we're not we're starting to see more physicality come back into Rui's game. There's there's more moments game by game, where you're reminded this dude is 6'8", 230, 235, something like that, with a 7'2 wingspan. Like, he's a big guy, right? He's more, he's more four than three. Like, if we're looking at a guy who plays the three and the four, Rui ticks more towards the four than the three side of it. Like, Torian is the opposite. Torian is more of a three than a four. Rui is more four than three. He's a big dude. And we're starting to see that. We're starting to see moments where he's spinning into the paint and just saying, hey, I'm going to get contact, but you're going to bounce off of me, and I'm going to score anyway. And I think that's part of his game that really needed to to develop because we've been seeing quite a bit of Rui getting into the paint and then his shot not having touch on it at the rim. He seems to have fixed that. However, he's done it. I don't know if he, he would probably give credit to Phil Handy, but he seems to have found his scoring touch at the rim as well. And that has helped his game grow quite a bit, but good point there that Rui's defense has indeed been, been good as well. He's just bringing more grit to his game in general. All right, let's see what we've got here. Ali said, I hope this doesn't happen, but could the Lakers use one of their first to draft Bronny this year, next year to keep LeBron. Uh, They're saying, I'd rather keep it for a star. They could, they could now, When we're looking at that situation, and I know the story came out today about the Warriors trying to trade for LeBron. Um, Keith Smith and I broke down kind of the different angles of that. That video's out on the YouTube channel and what that could mean to watch for for this summer. Keith's pretty convinced it didn't just come out of nowhere that um, maybe there's purpose behind that. Kind of, you know, put some pressure on the Lakers to, hey, LeBron could really want to leave. So um, I don't know if I'll go that far, but I do think the Lakers could draft Bronny. Will it cost them a first? Maybe like if I'm an opposing team and I know LeBron has told the Lakers to get Bronny, I'm telling the Lakers, Hey, we picked before you. We're going to take Bronny unless you give us something. Why would you not? If you're an opposing team. So that's what you got to be careful of. But right now with what we're seeing in most mock drafts, Bronny isn't even being drafted. Now, that could easily be fixed if LeBron just says, I'll play for whatever team drafts Bronny. His draft stock is going through the roof. He's a lottery pick, right? That's that's what would happen. So I don't know what all this is going to look like. I mean, this is unprecedented. We've never seen anything like this. So I don't know how this is all going to play out. Could the Lakers draft Bronny? Sure, they could. I would I assume their preference would be that he falls to the second round and they can maybe buy a pick or use one of their seconds and draft him that way rather than have to use their first on that and rely on Rich Paul Clutch Sports to kind of shoo away any teams that were looking to, to do something different um, and maybe stop the Lakers from drafting him. So that's that would be the hope. If it comes down to it and you have to use a first, maybe you do it. If LeBron says, if you guys bring Bronny in, I will stay. I would have to imagine the Lakers are going to do it, but I don't know how this whole situation plays out. It's going to be fascinating again right now. He's not even projected to be drafted though. So what does all that look like? Like if you're brawny, do you want to go in? know that knowing that you just got drafted because the team wanted your dad. If it was me, I would say, I would say, hell yeah, of course I do. I want to make millions. Right. But LeBron is a billionaire with a capital B. Bronny's not in the situation that a lot of players are when they're coming into the league, where they're trying to make life-changing money. That's not the case for Bronny. So I wonder if he'll wind up staying at USC for another year, which obviously changes the entire dynamic this summer, if that happens. All right, Stephen said, Rui, does this start starting five last when Vando is back? Well, so from what I've heard, it's not a certainty that Vando is coming back. Obviously, the Lakers are have got to be concerned that he'll be 100%. We're going to get updates on all of these guys after the All-Star break. Christy, Cam, I think we're going to get, if not right away, Christy and Cam are going to be back pretty quick from when the Lakers return from the All-Star break, which is the 22nd they take on the Warriors. Vando and Gabe Benson, those are the two that we're really waiting on updates on. And hopefully we get good news on Gabe. I know last we heard there was going to be, or, or on, uh, on on both guys really, but Vando, there was going to be more imaging done, to figure out what's going on there. Not a certainty that he comes back this year. I know we got good news that it's not a certainty he's out. and That's what we thought it was going to be, that he was just out and his season's over. But the Lakers, they're still figuring all that out. Fingers crossed. Hopefully he comes back. Does this starting five last? So Rui Hachimura, has been singing the praises of this starting five. Now, he's in the starting five, so there's part of it, but I do think that if they're rolling like this, Darvin Ham will keep this starting five together. If they start to struggle, then who knows what's going to happen. Darvin has said for ever since last year, though, he doesn't want to change his starting lineup. He wants a set it and forget it starting lineup. He wants to just, these are my starting five, and every single game, that's who starts, and that's it. And that hasn't happened at all. And part of that has been out of necessity because of injuries. Part of that has been him tinkering. But if he thinks this is something that works and they keep winning games, his inclination will be to stick with what's working. He won't switch things up, even if the original plan was Jared Vanderbilt in the starting five, if this works or keeps working. Ace of Hearts said, Spencer is already a net positive. Forget his scoring. His denial on Jordan Clarkson was amazing. Plus three steals. Plus three steals crazy we got him for free. Uh 30 and 26, I'll take that. Yeah, Lakers now 4 games above 500. 30 and 26. Uh right now uh Golden State last I'm looking here is extended to a 10-point lead. Nope, make that 13-point lead over the Clippers. I think the Clippers are packing that in and uh looking forward to their break there, but the standings right now the Lakers still stuck in the 9 seed because all the teams around them keep winning. Sacramento winning tonight against Denver. Somehow, someway that happened. The teams around them keep winning games. If you've been following me over on X at Trevor underscore Lane, every day I put out what we're hoping to have happen. We've been getting a lot of red X's because all the teams we need to lose, they're winning games. Now, fortunately, Houston lost tonight, so that gives the Lakers a little bit more breathing room. Putting the loss on the Jazz record, that helps the Lakers as well. But you look at the teams that the Lakers needed to lose. The Warriors are on a five-game winning streak. They're seven and three in their last ten. The Lakers now on a three-game winning streak. They're seven and three in their last ten. The Kings just won. They're just five and five in their last ten, but they're two games up on the Lakers. The Mavs on a six-game winning streak. They're seven and three in their last ten. The Pelicans they're on a three-game win streak. They're seven and three in their last ten. The Suns on a two-game win streak. They're seven and three in their last ten, and so that's why the Lakers still still are stuck at ninth. Because everybody keeps winning. The Lakers are on another winning streak and everybody around them is winning too. So they're making no progress. Now, they could be falling farther behind. So you'll take it. But the Lakers need these teams to knock it off and start and start dropping some games every now and then, especially the games they're supposed to lose. Like what's Sacramento doing beating Denver tonight? It's that kind of stuff that's keeping the Lakers, despite the fact that they're playing much better. They're winning games. Unfortunately, the teams around them are all winning too, so they're stuck. They need teams around them to start dropping some games if they're going to move up here in the standings, which we heard the Lakers goal is to get up to sixth. They keep playing the way they're playing right now. That's not out of the question, but you're reliant on other teams to lose. And that's why I do that watch over on X every morning, putting out who it is that we need to lose which games, breaking all that down. Again, if you guys follow me at Trevor underscore Lane, you can see that each morning. I put that out there. All right. This one says, "Man, what I wanted from Rui, we pay him 17 million, we gotta use him and get our money's worth. He has skills. He has skills, yo. Doesn't that sound like me? Uh help us. And, and, oh, skills to help us. It wasn't even a yo. It was a two and it was a typo. Oh. And here I here I thought I was going to be cool for a moment there. Uh he's getting a chance to show uh to show SD, he's going to be a huge guy, is a baller, and playoff tested. We're up. Yeah. I mean, look, this is, again, just a great night for Rui. Can't even be, you can't overstate it. Can't overstate it. Rui was absolutely incredible in this game. Uh, Hector comes in. Uh, who jumped in with us earlier today on the Lakers Nation uh, channel members live. Uh, had a great time. He said, like I said this afternoon, this, turn, this team has turned it around since Boston LFG. Maybe that was the turning point of the season for the Lakers because they got that win without LeBron, without AD. It was almost like the other guys went, oh, damn, like we can do stuff too. We can really do stuff. We just beat what's been the best team in the league without LeBron, without AD. And it seems like since then, they've been playing with more confidence. I mean, you see it out there. D'Lo knows he can score. Austin knows he can score. D'Lo knows he can run the offense. AD does stuff, of course, every night. But Rui's stepping up. All these other guys stepping up. It's awesome. All right. Let's real quick jump into our, our sponsor of the night, and that is Sleeper. We'll do it very quick here. Uh, contest that we're going to put together. So let's get to that chat. You guys can help me out. If you guys are on sleeper already, you guys can play along. And let's do this here. Sleeper. You can download the app uh, and you get a $500 deposit match with our code Lakers nation. You can see not many options. It's only three games tomorrow. So Rudy Gobert Does he get a double double against Portland? I'm going to say more. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Uh, let's go with oh, DeAndre Ayton. 24.5 points and rebounds combined against Minnesota. More? For DeAndre Ayton, 24.5. Let's see. What has he done lately? He's cleared that in his last three games straight. I'm going to say that that continues. I'm going to say, I'm worried. No, oh, I can't do it. Chat says less. I agree. I think my gut says less there, too. All right. Anthony Edwards, 26 and a half points against Portland. Anthony Edwards, where are we going there? 26 and a half. Yeah. Anthony Edwards, he cleared that last game. I kind of think this is going to be a blowout, though. So I'm going to go less on that one. All right, let's take a look at our entry. A $20 entry would get you $75.80, 3.79x. Again, you just got to go check out Sleeper, download the app and use uh use our code Lakers Nation. All right. Let's get back into some of the chat questions and comments here. Let's go. We've got – where did we leave off? Here it is. Uh, Ree said, now that's how you go into the all-star break. Yes, sir. That is absolutely how you go into the all-star break. That's where you go. Go into the all-star break, and you can get uh, this kind of momentum. That's fantastic. That's exactly what you need. Exactly what you need. If you're the Los Angeles Lakers, you go into the all-star break – with this kind of momentum, that's perfect. Couldn't ask for anything better. Alex said, oops, need to remove the uh, overlay there. There we go. Alex said, so happy to see Rui go off, and I'm loving the Dinwiddie addition. He's going to help us a lot down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's another, another ball handler. He's another steadying presence out there on the floor. Is he better than D'Lo? No. Is he better than Austin? No. But he's another guy with that skill set that can handle the ball that it does help you to have that guy, especially when LeBron is out. LeBron's out. You've got another ball handler out there that can just be a stabilizing presence, and I think that's what we've seen so far out of Spencer Dinwiddie. Again, it's early. It's early, and there's plenty of time left for Dinwiddie to really acclimate with this Lakers team, but we can see what it is that that he's going to bring to this squad. All right, everybody. Let's get into our favorite segment of the night, and that is the master lock. Maybe there wasn't a lot, to complain about in this one. But what was the most annoying thing from this game? Let me know. Let's get into the master lock of the night. Fire it off in the chat.
2: Master lock of the night.
1: Chat, we did hit our goal for likes. We're at almost 1,500. Well done. Thank you, everybody. What are we master locking? Oh, there it is. I already see it. Dylan Brooks. Getting the master lock. Didn't even play in this game. Still gets master locked because, of course, every night, Dylan Brooks gets the master lock. Oh, master lock Jordan Clarkson I'm seeing. Hey, Flipped in some some shots. Maybe that we, we were hoping not to see. Master lock the refs. Somebody said. What else? Oh, Masterlock, Darvin, him. Masterlock, the Nuggets for losing to the Kings again. Yeah. Wait, what the hell, Denver? Why? Terrible. Lakers needed Denver to win that game. Masterlock, Chris Dunn. Man, Chris Dunn was fantastic in this game. He looked great, especially in the first half. He gave the Lakers some real problems. Uh, he was great uh, in this game. Ma- Masterlock, four-guard lineups. Master Lock THT hitting shots. Did he even hit that many? Uh, by the way, the Clippers are down 12 near the end of the third here. Ah, uh, That's going to give the Warriors a win, potentially. Uh, THT, our old friend. Did he even do much? Uh, he had seven points. Oh, but he did hit a three. But he was one for four from three. Oh, man, this is, and this is mine. Masterlock, the jazz commentators. Okay. And okay. I've got a few other people who said it too. So I did not hear the jazz commentary. I had the spectrum crew on over on playback and I could hear a little bit of what they were saying. It's my understanding that the jazz commentary team kept bringing up the free throw discrepancy, which is this weird thing that a lot of opposing teams are now doing. They're bringing up the free throw discrepancy when it's in favor of the Lakers, and it was in this game. Again, I believe the stats are still off. Oh, no, wait, here it is. The stats are where they should be. D'Angelo Russell has 17 assists, 36 points for Rui Hachimura. The Lakers took 24 free throws. They made 20 of them. Great, 83%. The Jazz took 13. So the Lakers had an 11 free throw advantage. And Jazz commentators were apparently complaining about this and talking, making this a big talking point as though... That was the reason why the Lakers were winning the game. On a night when Rui Hachimura is going berserk, shooting incredibly well from the field, on a night when AD is doing AD things, D'Lo's racking up assists, Austin is scoring efficiently, and you're complaining about free throw attempts. And here's the thing. You're sitting in the building, if you're the Jazz commentators. You're watching the game. Are you telling me you're watching the game and you don't see why? There's a free throw discrepancy. You don't see the Lakers getting a bunch of stuff at the rim and the Jazz fouling them, oftentimes on purpose because that's the only way to stop them in that moment. You don't see the Lakers contesting on shots and not fouling. The Lakers will focus on not fouling, sometimes to a fault, sometimes giving up open looks rather than foul. Sometimes you wish they fouled a little bit more. It's crazy that people want to perpetuate this nonsense that the league is somehow rigged for the Lakers. And that's why the free throws look the way they do. Yeah. That's why the Lakers are sitting in the ninth seed right now, right? Because the league is rigged for them. That's, that's definitely, that's definitely what's happening. That's why the Lakers have seen call after call down the stretch of game, especially when we go to last season, go against them. That's what's happening here. The LeBron James toe on the line thing. Yes. The league is definitely rigged for the Lakers. So people want to constantly bring up this free throw thing, this free throw discrepancy. I just don't understand it. Why do the Lakers get so many more free throws than we do? Well, it must be cheating. That's the only explanation. Or you could just open your eyes and watch the game and see why the Lakers are getting more free throw attempts because they're getting fouled more. Why are the opponents not getting as many? Because the Lakers defend without fouling. Are there calls that you can complain about? Yes, there's calls you can complain about on both sides every single game. But this has been the trend with the Lakers from last season, ever since Darwin came in. And even going back to Frank Vogel, it's been all about defending without fouling. You're going to wind up with free throw discrepancies when that's what you've got. And people act like they're surprised by this. It's bizarre. It's strange. And it's people looking for an excuse for why they lost the game. And so that is my master log. That's the master log. It's got to be the Utah announcers for bringing that up on a night when Rui has a career high in points, when uh, D'Lo is racking up assists. And Rui, it's not like Rui paraded to the free throw line. He was four for five. Anthony Davis got more than half of the Lakers free throws. 13. Why? Because he's Anthony Davis. You can't stop him. He was physical. He was going up through guys. But how did the Lakers get so many free throws? Gee, I don't know. Unbelievable, folks. Unbelievable. So that's got to be the master lock. Um, All right, let's see what else we've got here. Now that I got to vent a little bit. By the way, we are going to get the the post-post game show going with Sean Davis in just a few moments here. All right, John said, this year's squad has only won more than three games at a time once. Can we do it again and get back into the top six standings? You know, there's tough times ahead. You look at the schedule that's coming up. It's not easy, folks. There's going to be some rough waters. The Lakers are going to sail through here. Um, There's going to be a stretch of the season where I've said it. If you can go 500 during this stretch, you'll feel Pretty good because it's a really tough stretch of the schedule. But can the Lakers move up in the standings? They have apparently internally set that goal of we want to move up to the sixth seed. That's going to be our goal. And you can see they believe they can do it. And I don't think that was always there this season. Right now you see they they believe they can do it. Look at this. Coming back from the break. The 22nd, you go immediately. You come back from the All-Star break. You immediately go into a back-to-back. Golden State, huge game. Huge game, especially with the Warriors winning right now against the Clippers. Massively important that the Lakers win that game. And it's in Golden State. Next night, against San Antonio. Second night of a back-to-back after an emotionally charged game that both teams are going to be going all out in. Who knows what happens? Second night of a back-to-back in San, or against San Antonio. You should win that game, but still. But look at this. Right, So you go Golden State, then San Antonio, but that's second night of back-to-back. Phoenix, Clippers, okay, you get Washington, great. Denver, OKC, Sacramento, Milwaukee, Minnesota, Sacramento, Golden State. That's the stretch all the way through to March 16th. Then you get Atlanta, then Philly. Will Joel Embiid be back? Probably not, but we'll see. Indiana, Milwaukee, right? It lightens up a little bit then. Then you get Memphis, you get Brooklyn, you get Toronto, Washington. Okay, right? So we get to, it's some easier games in there at that point. Some um, non-playoff teams that you start getting into. But that's a rough stretch. That's a rough stretch of the schedule. Starting here, really, you go Phoenix. All the way down, you can see Sacramento twice during that stretch. That could be big for playoff seeding too. Those two games against the Kings. Yeah, critical games. And none of those games are easy to win with the exception of maybe a few lower tier teams that you see in there. So that's going to be a really important part of the Lakers schedule. They're going to have to find a way to pick up some wins. Not uh, not easy. Not easy to do. And this team, well, they've got their work cut out for them. But the big thing, they believe they can do it. They believe they can get up to the sixth seed. The way teams around them keep winning, the Lakers that pressure is on. They've got to keep winning as well in order to pull that off. Uh, yeah, into the fourth now. Golden State up 11 with 1018 to play last time looking. So again, we'd like to see Golden State lose that game to give the Lakers a little more breathing room. Um, all right, let's see. Brandon, do Cam and Max crack the rotation for the playoffs? It depends. Like, is Vando back? If Vando is not back, that increases the likelihood that they do because you'll need their defensive chops. If Vando is back, it makes it a lot less likely that they do crack the rotation. So a lot of it depends on injuries and who's back and inaction. But if everybody's healthy, probably not, I would say. All right, the Plop said, so love what I'm seeing. Spence looks like he's getting comfortable with our system. And again, I can't stress, stress this enough. Anthony Davis should be the Defensive Player of the Year and MVP conversation. Um, I talked about this a little bit last night, but uh, I, I hate that these awards are becoming so tied. These individual awards are becoming so tied to team success. Like if you're the nine seed, uh, you're, you're you're just disqualified from winning Defensive Player of the Year, even if you are the best defensive player in the league. And AD even talked about this that that he feels like he's been the best defensive player a number of times and he still hasn't won it. He was the best defensive player in the league last season and he lost the award because he didn't play enough games and a dude that played less minutes than A.D. did won it in Jaron Jackson Jr. And then the Lakers saw them in the first round of the playoffs and A.D. blew him off the floor. Wasn't even close defensively between those two players. And Jaron Jackson Jr., I like him. He's a good defender. He's not A.D. He's not that same tier. It would be a tragedy if Anthony Davis's career were to end without winning defensive player of the year because he's been right there. He's been, if not the best defender, he's been certainly in the top five, probably top three for many years now defensively. So if that award to MVP and defensive player of the year is solely tied to team success, again, I don't, Uh, given the predicament, maybe you'll say I'm biased because that it negatively affects the Lakers, but I don't think that's the way those awards should go. I don't think individual awards should be dependent upon team success. We're talking about your results in terms of wins and losses. That is a team result. Whether or not you're a talented defensive player is not a team driven thing. You can be a great defender, it's on a team that just doesn't win enough games. You should still get credit for being the best defensive player in the NBA. Once again, I think if he doesn't win it this year, that increases the likelihood by a lot because he'll be turning 31 in March that AD just never wins a defensive player of the year. And that's terrible. That's terrible. You definitely don't want uh, that to happen because again, he is the best defensive player in the NBA right now. And he was last season too. He deserves the credit for it. I hate to see, look, like Rudy Gobert's great. But I'd hate to see Rudy Gobert win it because the Wolves have been winning basketball games more games than the Lakers have. All right, let's do one more. Kaleidoscope said, "Might as well get in your role out of the way right now." Also, Master Lock Doris Burke. Just cause <laughs> people get so frustrated with Doris Burke right now. Who I mean, she does a good job most of time. But it has felt like a lot of the the broadcasts have been kind of anti Lakers lately, hasn't it? All right, everybody. I appreciate you guys for joining. I hope you had a fantastic Valentine's Day. Sean Davis is going to get started in just a moment with the post-post game show. Um, now we head into the All-Star break. Our coverage doesn't stop. We're still going to have some stuff uh, coming out. I've got a little trip coming up over the over the long weekend here, but I'm still going to be putting out some uh, some videos and things like that. We're going to be breaking things down. So, again, thank you guys for being here. We've got a week till the Lakers play another game. A week from tomorrow. They'll take on the Golden State Warriors in a really big one. But keep listening to the LakersNation.com podcast. You can find us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And, of course, subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Enjoy the All-Star game. Enjoy All-Star Saturday night. Until next time, everybody. See you. And stay safe.
2: The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing but you know better and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos my patriot supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company americans trust to prepare go to mypatriotsupply.com and secure their best-selling 3-month emergency food kits each contain delicious breakfasts lunches and dinners averaging over 2000 calories per day secure at least one food kit for each family member